We live in a society today that we hear this statement a lot, and it's called fake news, right? How many of you heard that in the media today, right? Fake, we have fake news, right? There are many people that will try to tell you that this thing is true and this thing is not true. But one thing for sure, again, as we said, this, tonight we want to start a series talking about the Word. And we know what the Word, the Word is, meaning the Word of God. And the Word is trustworthy. I want to ask you a question. I want us to think about this. There are hundreds of things that we trust every day without giving us thought. We trust our very own health and lives to that can, things that can injure or kill us. But let's just, I want us to all stand for a second, right? And I want you to remain standing if you trust this first thing I, I, I mentioned, right? First, how many of you trust your beds? <laughs> Sit down if you do not trust your bed. All right, everyone trust their bed? All right? All right. But listen to this. Listen, all right? We don't need to have a nice conversation after the fact, all right? All right, we don't need that. In 2010, 99 people in England died falling out of their beds. All right? All right, don't everyone stay, stand in, all right? I didn't. All right? All right, listen. How many of you trust the food that you eat? All right? All right? So listen, all right, listen, we don't need a big, long uh, laugh or nothing, all right? So some people sat down, right? All right. Listen, we completely trust the food we eat, but in the United States, approximately 200 people die every year from food allergies. So everyone stand up. How many people are afraid to ride in a car? If you're afraid to uh, ride in a car, sit down. All right? And that's why on the streets sometimes you might be a little afraid, right? But listen. All right. You guys are standing, right? Okay, so. There are approximately 1.3 million people in the United States that die in car crashes every year. All right, stand up, last one. How many people trust planes? All right. Listen, all right, all right, listen. All right, all right. So you guys are standing up. Do you know that we should actually be more trusted in planes than cars? Because only a few thousand people in the entire world will die in plane crashes each year. All right? Now, listen, all right, you can be seated, all right? Everyone be seated.
We live, listen, we live in a world where we trust a lot of things. There was no one in this room this tonight that they came in here tonight, I'm sure, and investigated their chair to see, you know what, can this chair hold me up? Oh, you did? Okay, one person, right? All right? Okay. All right? But the reality is, is that we trust a lot of things. But the world will tell you that there is something that you should not trust, and that is this book. When we think of the Bible, many people will have an argument to tell you this is just an old, old story. They may tell you that this book is not relevant anymore. They may tell you that it's just for old people. The reality about this, the Word of God, is this. Books and series may come and go, but the Word of God is always the same. Let me say it again. Books and series may come and go, but the Word of God is always the same. What do I mean by that? There are many series of books that you probably have all seen or read or watched movies of because I'm a person I watch a movie of that book instead of reading it all right but listen you may have read that in 2010 and now those aren't relevant a new series is on the block yes the Bible may have different translations versions but it's the same all right, what they do is they'll take a translation and what they'll do is they'll make it easier for you to read. Right? There are some people who will tell you that you should only read one particular Bible version. All right? But the reality is that when we read the Word of God, this is what changes us still today. This is trustworthy. This is still a number one bestseller wherever you go to look for it. It never grows old. I want to ask you a question. How many of you ever heard arguments against the Bible? What are some of the arguments that you've heard against the Bible? How do you know it's true? Anyone else? Hmm? What did you say, Deja? It's a fairy tale, okay? Anyone else? God is dead, right? Okay. If God is dead, why are we reading about it, right? Okay, but, but these are arguments that we are hearing. You see, we need to understand that even though, you know, for us living on this side of the world, people have died for this. People have died and snuck this into countries that this is illegal. Yes, we live in a society where now people are sending um, digital um, Bibles and stuff like that. But before, when you only had the physical Bible, people would smuggle these into places like China and places. If the Bible isn't true, why would you put your life in the line for it, right? Now, which argument do you feel is the most difficult for you to ignore? When you hear an argument about the Bible, which is the hardest thing for you to ignore? How do you know it's true, right? 
I want to just read some of you, okay? We can trust what we're reading today because it was originally written. For instance, scholars around the world agree that we have an accurate translation of the Bible. All right, 49 manuscripts that were copies written 1,400 years ago or more after the originals. The New Testament, however, has 5,600 manuscripts written within 100 years of the originals. If we can be certain that the writings that we have, the manuscripts, we have absolutely no doubt of the accuracy of the Bible, right? I want you to think for a second as you think of the Bible, right? When you consider, when you, how many of you have ever read through the whole Bible? Anyone ever read through the whole Bible? All right. All right. I know some of those, listen. Some of, uh, no, not in one sitting, no, of course not. All right. If you did it in one sitting, then I want to see you and I want to give you a, a trophy because you are just a super person. That you sat and read the Bible all in one sitting, because I don't. All right, I could highly tell you that that is unlikely that you did that, especially when you hit books like Leviticus and stuff like that. I can guarantee you, when you got to that book, if you saw from Genesis, you probably thought to yourself, "I need to stop right there and find out exactly what it's talking about," right? But when we sit and think of God's Word and we think of this book, the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? How many, how many books are in the Bible? How many in the Old? I want to read something to you for a second. And I want you to understand just how true the Bible is before we look into the text we're going to look at tonight. There's a science, science, and we know we've heard about it, but science speaks scientifically proof of the accuracy of the prophecy in the Bible. Peter Stoner and Robert Newman discovered the odds of Jesus fulfilling, listen, only eight of the prophecies were only one in 100 quadrillion. Let me read that again. When people try to disprove the Word of God, as we have the Old Testament and New Testament, and we have prophecies that have been fulfilled, there have been scientists who have said just in eight of those prophecies being fulfilled, that would only be one in 100 trillion chance that that could happen. That's how we know the Bible is real. And if you have your Bible, we could turn to Luke chapter 14. 13 to 35, and if you have any volunteers who want to read, we want to look at four, three different points tonight, all right? The word is truth, the word will always accomplish its purpose, and the word will never fade away. Luke 24, 13 and 35. As we know, we've just celebrated the most, you know, the, the biggest holiday that we could consider on the Christian calendar, right? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our faith is what? Dead. All right? We would have no reason to have church, youth group, nothing. 
but the word of God proves to us that he is alive and well. Somebody want to read it for us? That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. Stop there, all right? I talked about prophecy being fulfilled. We know in the book of Isaiah and the other prophets, it talked about what? Jesus would come to earth, born from a virgin. So we, we, we're talking about all these. And he has to be the sacrifice of the world, right? Right? All of these prophecies have been fulfilled. So when we sit and think of the Bible and we say that it's an old book, it has no relevance for the day, we see that that's false. We see that we need this, and especially in our faith, because this is what we stand on. All right? This is, what, this is our manual to life. All right? This is what we stand on. This is what we fight for. Here it is in this story. This is right out that Jesus arose from the dead, and he's walking with these two guys, but they, don't, they can't recognize who he is. So he's playing. You know, you ever, you ever done that? You played like, you know... You know, just going along with the show and just, you know, he's like, hey, well, so what happened today? I heard you guys talking. Here it is. This is the man who was raised from the dead. Walking with them. You know, it's sad for a lot of us in, in our context is that Jesus wants to talk to us. God wants to talk to us in that same way. But we have so many things that get in the way of us studying God's word and just being bombarded with everything the culture is throwing at us that we don't even hear him. We can hear him because we, we have everything else in the forefront of us. Somebody want to read 21 to 28. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. 
they said to each other. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? While he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So here it is, the prophecy was fulfilled. Prophecy is fulfilled. They have seen exactly what has happened, right? Here it is, Jesus opened, him, opened the scriptures himself and said, why are you surprised? Didn't you see what you've been told? It's the third day he's, a, he's alive. And they did not recognize it. But like I said, we so many times get caught up in everything else. And I want you to think about this for a second, because if I had, and I don't want no one's hands to raise, but I want you to think about this. If you call yourself born again believer, right, Christian, why don't we study our manual as much as we should, right? Why do we put everything else at the forefront, whether it be school, whether it be um, extracurricular activities, whatever it may be, we will spend hours studying for a biology test, right? Or some of you might, some of you just will fail, right? All right, some of you might, some of you might just fail, right? But here's the thing, right? We need to know this book. Because what's going to happen to you guys and what's happening already is this. You're going to have to defend this. Because time is coming now where Satan is just throwing and, and confusing people's minds to believe all the lies of this world. So... Getting to our points tonight, the first point is the word is truth. John 17, 17 says this, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. All right? We talked about, this, about tonight talking about being the word is trustworthy. We can trust this book because we have seen prophecies fulfilled. Let me ask you a question. If I told you, you know, Lord forbid, you know, but if I said to you that Atlantis is on fire, all right? Listen, all right? If I told you Atlantis is on fire, you may not believe me until when? You go see it, right? You believe me, right? All right, all right? You might listen, listen. You might believe me because, you know what, you say, well, he's a pastor, he's supposed to tell me the truth, right? But the reality is, I'm a human being just like you. I fall into sin. But we don't have to worry about this being compromised, because this is truth. You know, we have a lot of social media, you know, different pages that people will say and, you know, if this social media page says, that's it, I'm going to believe that 100%. All right? But listen, right? Listen. We know that sometimes those stories aren't true. Like I said at the beginning, fake news. Because you know why we want to make the news look so exciting? You ever notice the newspaper? You ever notice how 
the stories that are going to sell the newspaper the most are always on the front page, and then the good stories are kind of in the middle. All right? But listen, right? Listen, all right? The reality is, is this, when we read this, there's a truth to us. Every word written on these pages are true. Secondly, the second one is the word will always accomplish its purpose. Somebody will read Isaiah 51, 55, 10, and 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So listen, all right? What does it basically tell me is this, all right, as we think about what it's saying. I could have the most extraordinary stories to tell you, all right? I could tell you all the great stories, but you know what the reality is? Them stories mean absolutely nothing compared to the Word of God. This is what's going to speak to you. You may remember a story, but this is what's going to, what it says is in verse 11, it talks about your word will never return void. It will always, always accomplish its purpose. So you may be in here and you know what? You may have a group over here who are talking and chatting the whole night and they may not be listening, but someone over here may, the word is talking to them. All right? The word is talking to them because the word, God promised that his word will never return void. It will always accomplish its purpose. You see, this is what we teach. Because this is the most important thing that we can look at. Because this is what God left for us. And we know in Timothy, it talks about all scriptures inspired. Every one, every piece. There are no books that are less than the other. In fact, there are people who will tell you that there were other books, but God didn't see fit to put it in the Bible. Because that is not what he wanted. They are inspired books. When you sit and think of this book, right? And you sit and think that, you know, tens, you know, you know, Many people came together, right? Not many people came together in one room like this, no. But from different eras, different times of life, they wrote the books. And yet you look at the New Testament, you see all the prophecies becoming fulfilled. You have to say to yourself, you know what? This book is different than any other book. It's accomplishing its purpose today, still. Which brings to the last point. The word will never fade away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. God's word will never pass away. We may look at our generation and say, you know what? We're losing it because we're not spending the time that we should. 
You know, when you sort of think of a, a Jewish, let me just put this in context for you. When you think of a Jewish kid back in those days, they had to memorize the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Think about that for a second. Five books. Some of us can't even know five verses. Some of us don't know one verse. All right? Now listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Listen, I'm not saying that to put you down or anything. What I'm saying is that we need to study this book. Because this is the most important book that you can study. You can study geography, you can study science, you can study all those books. But guess what? This book is the most important. Can you imagine for a second? And just in closing, I want you to think about this. Can you imagine for a second if all of us, if all of us put the amount of time into studying God's Word that we put into being on our telephones, being on the computer, reading other books, studying for school, video games. If we put just a fraction of that time into studying God's Word, what would happen? You know, we live in a time where, you know, people use this word revival. All right, that's a word we like to throw. We're going to have a revival. Let me just put it this way. You don't plan revival like that. Revival happens when people pray and read the Word of God. I think too many times when we sit and think of what is important to us. You know, I, and, and we're not going to have small groups tonight, but I want to I wanna ask you a question. I want you to think about this, all right? And I don't want you to raise your hand, but I want you to think about this. How many of you have a devotional time, a separate time? That, I didn't say raise your hands. How many of you spend time with God daily? All right? Think about that. What are some things, you know, this is why I want some feedback. What are some things that you can do, that you, what are some tools you can use to study God's Word? I mean the Bible, yes. I mean, but what are some, you know, we have the Bible, yes, that's one. A devotional, all right. Prayer time. How many, how many, you, how many you have a phone? How do you have a Bible on your phone? How many of you use the Bible on your phone, not, not just in church? All right? How many of you just have the Bible on your phone so that you can say to whoever passed you, don't raise your hand on this one, but, all right? You know, you say, man, when you see that person come in, that, in leadership saying, you know, they come to look at your phone, but I can put the Bible quick, man. I got that on. You know, quick, you know. You know, you all know how to do it, right? You see, the bottom line is this. 
no matter what people say, we can trust this because this is God's word. You don't need to trust everything that I say that ain't God's word. Because like I said, I could tell you anything. But when it comes to God's word, you need to study for yourself. But this is the most important thing that we want, we want you to know because this is our manual. Instruction. And it's the truth. Let's pray. Father, we again thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that shows us truth. Shows us exactly the areas in our lives that we need to change. Father, I pray that you would just continue to be with us tonight. And Father, that you would help us to, as we just have a time of just hanging out, that we would just honor you in all that we do. We thank you. We praise you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.